If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at Midi understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And Midi can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. Midi clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. What is up, everybody? Scott here, joined, of course, by Lindsay. Not for BB In five, four, three, two, one. All right, Lindsay, and you're on. Uh, you, do you want to start over? No, I was giving everyone like a behind-the-scenes inside look at how oh, our... Oh, I get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this isn't BB Fever. This is the yet-to-be-named Survivor podcast. Um, there's a lot of survivor podcasts out there doing this, right, Lindsay? So we were thinking, how could we switch things up, spice things up, make ours different? We decided to drop ours the week that, that we're going to drop it on the day that the next week's episode is airing. So you're hearing this the day that I'm sure episode one is, you know, far in your no, rear this view. Is, this is a great idea. It's the only podcast that drops the day of to prep you to get yes. super pumped yep. and in the mood for tonight's episode. You're probably you're the information that all these other podcasters gave you last Wednesday night, last Thursday, last Friday. It's out the other ear by now. It's hard to even recap and recount in your own mind. We're going to give you a nice refresher, nice buffer before episode two. How do you guys feel about that? You're not here to answer? That's good. We planned it that way. Um, no, seriously, we'll try to get these up sooner uh, for future episodes. But don't, I mean, uh, take that with a grain of salt. Because here we are, we haven't done a BB fever in weeks because we're so damn behind. And now Big Brother is literally going to end tomorrow. <laughs> and we haven't, uh, we haven't done an episode since the cookout has been alone as the cookout. I mean, we're a mess. But Survivor, I think we can handle, right? Once a week, right? Seven days to get it in. We're getting this one down under the wire. What do you think? Yeah, and to be honest, I'd just rather talk about Survivor. Even Better though show. I I feel like I'm, you know, with Big Brother, we've gone so many weeks. We've watched so many episodes. We know these people so well. I was just starting to prep for this episode uh, for Survivor, and I'm thinking, I really don't know anyone's name. I don't know the tribe's names. I can't wait till we're like five weeks deep into this, and... 
I'm spouting out all these names. Yeah, let's like, so like so a, like so what Lindsay was saying is uh, if we were to do a promo to get you pumped for this podcast it's they don't know the names. They're not well acquainted with any of the characters. They can barely remember anything that happened. But you want to hear them talk about the show. No, I kid. Uh, look, let me say this, right? I think we both can agree and it's obvious that Survivor is a better game than Big Brother. I'm going to say something that might be controversial to the to the challenge maniacs out there. I think Survivor is better than the challenge. I mean, as like a game and a function and, you know, when people say. I thought that was like our dirty little secret. Well, now I'm sharing it with the world. But here's what I mean by that. Okay. Because let me say this. So I love the challenge for different reasons. Right. And some of those reasons are sort of no longer even a thing. And I'll, I'll mention that. But my point is that the challenge was always about the characters to me. It was never really about the game. You know, it's like. When people say, I love this game about Big Brother or I love this game about Survivor, those games are fairly similar every time out. The challenge is the opposite. The challenge switches things up just to switch things up. This season, season 37, is almost unrecognizable from, say, season 28. So, I mean, it's just a different ball game. What I love about the challenge is some of these people I've been watching for literally over half my life. I mean, I, CT has been a part of my life longer than almost every single friend I have in my life. Same for Derek, same for Johnny Banana, same for a lot of these people. So it's different. You have people who you develop a lifelong relationship with season after season. On a show like Big Brother, people play like a max of two or three times. On a show like Survivor, I think the record is five times, right? So out of 41 seasons, somebody played a ninth of the, what is that, an eighth of the time? That's not the same thing. You know what I mean? Johnny Bananas has been on what is now almost 60% of the seasons of the challenge in totality. And if you break it down by like the last 20, he's been on 90% of them. So I think, you know, I will say across the board, I, I enjoy the people and the history of the challenge more. But Survivor as a game and with the twists and with the idols and the gameplay and the backstabbing, that's more my jam, especially for like breaking things down and talking about it and... So I know people are going to listen to this. I'm sure the Monsters and Critics guy will write up a, uh, a quote as an article. Challenge Mania host says he doesn't even like the challenge as much as Survivor. But it's true. As a, as a game and a construct, I prefer Survivor. Yeah, I clearly do too. Yeah. So we don't have a name for this podcast, full disclosure. I loved BB Fever because I felt like it sounded like Baby Fever, which we always have. And then also I liked that it. it's kind of in line with Challenge Mania, BB Fever. Truth be told, I haven't really heard or come up with a Survivor podcast title that I love yet, but I will share with you some suggestions that came in from the Maniacs. We can start off this way. Um, Amy says, survive, tribes, and strategize. I guess that's a, you know, a play on spies, lies, and allies. Cute. I don't know what you think about it. It's not my favorite, but very cute. Um, well, I, I, just, I just hate to give any credit to the worst name for a show. Yes, exactly. I'm not a big fan of Spies, Lies, and Allies. So although we are calling ourselves Spy Guys for the season, I will, I'm looking forward to putting that hopefully in the rear view. Uh, Trevor says, name for the podcast, a new otter survivor podcast. I play on Lindsay the Otter. Sounds like new era. I think it almost sounds more like a new other survivor podcast. But I, I, don't, I don't love it, but uh, I'll let you, you, you decide. You don't have to say you don't love it. Uh, you could just not say that you love it. Got it. Okay, that's, perfect. Let's avoid insulting people. Yeah, yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. For the, they're all great submissions. They're funny. They're cute. Just, just don't be insulted if we don't make that the name of our podcast. Okay. Mandy Hand. She has a few. 
The tribe okay. has spoken. And to be on, full disclosure, I'm not going to take take the time to do this. These are so good and so simple that I I worry that they are taken almost because I went through this with the wrestling podcast. I went through this with. Um, I actually searched, and we'll get to this because we're going to talk about come on in guys turning into come on in. People don't know this. You know this. I've been obsessed with the phrasing, and not even the phrasing, the cadence of Jeff saying, come on in, guys, for for years, right? I thought even before I saw the pilot that come on in, guys, would be a cool name for a Survivor podcast. I was wrong because it's taken. Now come on in is taken. There's already a Survivor podcast called that. So her ideas are the tribe has spoken. Good, simple, to the point. You get what it's going to do, but uh, might be taken. Must be taken. Drop your buffs. Okay. Tally the votes and blindside. Maybe the blindside podcaster. Um, yeah. So all great submissions. We can look into whether they're taken. It's none are quite, you know, I like, you know, my, my podcast names. I like them to be like a little bit cute. I like them, but I like you, you kind of know what it is when you hear it. Um, drop your buffs is cute, you know. We'll, we'll let it marinate. Continue to bring in the submissions for the name of the podcast. So here we are. The, how about this? We're struggling to come up with a name for our Survivor podcast. Survivor couldn't even come up with a name for this season. They're just calling it Survivor 41. Hey, do yourself a favor. Drop the 40. Keep the one. <laughs> but they had gotten pretty cute with names lately, right? Yeah, I, I will say that, I mean, <laughs> like Spies, Lies, and Allies, I, I'm okay with dropping the forced theme into the season. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, but I, I'm happy to just see a season of Survivor um, and not have to get too cute about it, you know? So I didn't it, mean, I'm, yeah, Survivor. Sharks versus Minnows. I, I liked when Survivor had the name of the location in it because I liked that Survivor used to film in different locations. That's my favorite thing that's different about old school Survivor, that they were all in different locations as someone who loves to, to see the world, to travel. That was one of my favorite parts about the show. That's what the amazing race has going for it is you, you, you genu- genuinely got to see other parts of the world. Now we're just seeing Fiji over and over and over and over again. Um, so I, I loved when it was, you know, survivor, Micronesia survivor, you know, the Amazon survivor, China. Um, so I think that's a reason to have a, a name. Uh, but right now, you know, we're still in Fiji. So yeah. And we've done all the big, the classics at this point, David versus Goliath. We've done men versus women. We've, you know, we, we've done, unfortunately, some other, uh, really out of the box ones. And, and so I think, yeah, let's just play survivor. I'm okay with that. It's survivor Johns versus Jacobs versus Jingleheimer Schmitz. You know, I'm I'm cool. I don't need that. I'm I, I kind of like the Survivor 41. I did I think, think also there's something about it's the first one uh, that you know in sort of the new era yes. of cleansing the slate of we just had the the all winter season season 40 this this big uh, you know we have this like big uh, crescendo up to this season 40 and now it's like the slate is wiped clean and we're starting with season 41 fresh like you said it's like season one um and so i I, you know yeah let's just let's just do it i did think that drop the 40 keep the one was kind of corny but jeff is nothing if not corny af 
And that's, I mean, I've learned to, I watch Survivor. And of course, as I said, I love the gameplay. I love the strategizing. I love the twists and the, and the idols when there's not too many of them, when it's not too cute. But I also love kind of watching in like a kitschy campy form, Jeff's like, you know, overly sincere, borderline pretentious pandering that like weird, creepy, like if need to include kids who somehow like, you know, I get that kids like Survivor, but I doubt they wanted homework with it. You know, things like that and doing th- the talk did in the you, camera. Did you, did you play along? Absolutely not. That I, I told you I'm already playing along my little mental game with Jeff being a dork. I'm not I don't need another website to like, you know, do a, a puzzle. Uh, oh, I, I spent a few minutes looking at it. But let's say this. We have agreed that we both are looking forward to the day and the day might be coming soon when we start to let Brock watch Survivor with us. Because it's a cool, it seems like it would be a cool show to watch with a kid. It's relatively fan friendly. I mean, family friendly. It's, yeah, you know, I'm outdoors. Anything to my son, it's that he should be able to be honest one day when he tells Jeff in an interview that he's been, you know, yep. when he's on the boat and Jeff asks him what this means to him, he can genuinely say, I've been watching this with my parents since I was five years old. Yeah. That's um, how I learned to speak English. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older. But MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. So I like I lo- like again and we'll again maybe we talk about it now but you know I loved the fact that when I started watching Survivor with you which is around season 28 I want to say it was like San Juan del Sur I believe it was Natalie Anderson's 
you know, season that she wins is when I first watched, I, I watched like one season back in the day. I watched season one, then in college I watched one season, it's probably like season 14, something random. I didn't retain anything. When I became a Survivor viewer is when you and I started dating. We, I jumped in around season 28. I've watched every season consecutively with you since then, and I've since gone back and watched like 10 to 12, you know, via Amazon Prime and what have you, right? Um, maybe, maybe like 10. I've probably seen, I would say, half of the seasons of Survivor. And pretty early on, I realized, I, I just thought it was hilarious that a seemingly throwaway line that he happens to say every episode at the beginning of the, the daily challenge Come on in, guys. He says the exact same way with the exact same phrasing and the exact same cadence. Now, I don't care about the come on in. I don't even care about the guys. The reason that I would always make fun of it and talk about it, and I actually I, I thought about at one point if I was going to get something signed by Jeff Probst, I was going to have him inscribe come on in, guys. I mean, you could tell the listeners. This has been my thing for a while, right? Yeah. It's specifically the fact that every time, you know, and he has things he says every episode or at least every season, but he switches up the way he says it. For some reason, come on in, guys. He kind of is looking down at the ground and he kind of does this thing where whenever they're ready and, and whoever kind of cues him off camera and he kind of just the exact same way goes, come on in, guys, the same way every time. And so, again, I don't care how many words are in the sentence or taking a word out of it, but I it is something that I picked up on and had fallen in love with and was sort of always kind of laughed at the fact that he hit it the same way every time. So that's a pro right there. When so I'll give you an example. Paul Butler invited me into a little small fantasy survivor thing. I believe there's nine people in it. We each picked two people. This was done, of course, before Wednesday's episode. Is what this do you, for money? Uh, I believe it's for $20 each. Um, now, Thanks, Paul Butler, for the invitation. I actually told him you would do it, and he probably just got to nine before. Uh, no and, worries, yeah, yeah. Paul Butler. But no, Paul Butler, Challenge Maniac of the Year, but he's probably listening to this. But what I will say is, and he can confirm this, as can the other eight people. So this was obviously all done and set up before the season started, before the episode aired. My team name in that league is Come On In Guys. <laughs> like, I, like That is how much I just like thought this is my cute little thing that only I think is funny. Nobody else cares, right? So then, much to my surprise, not only is this clearly something that other people have thought about, that Jeff has thought about, that people have mentioned, he opens up the season, more or less, with a focus group using this cast as such over whether he should strike the guys from the end of it. Now, I don't disagree with that sentiment. I think that in this new, you know, socially conscious survivor era, making sure maybe they overcompensate for some of the wrongdoings in other areas and whatnot, and there's other ways they're improving as well. This might be one of the ways when they sat in a boardroom, they started reading maybe complaints on message boards, and they thought, oh, maybe we stop calling them guys as a group and we say something more non-gender specific, right? So he turns it into this moment there where he asks them, and they, in fact, all say, no, it's cool. Uh, someone speaks up. I forget who. Uh, I, want, I want to say it was maybe, uh, was it uh, Evie? Evie or Evie, is it? Evie. Evie, okay. Um, says, no, and, uh, and as a queer woman, I also specifically don't have an issue with it, okay? So Jeff, at that point, says, all right, then we're keeping it. So as if in that moment... These 18 people are somehow responsible, I guess we find out after the fact, that it had to be unanimously for whether he was going to keep the phrasing or not, right? Which is a little weird, too, because if you've already decided it's something you maybe should change, just like these 18 people at the beginning of a Survivor game, kind of the weird time to drop this, this question on them, okay? 
Then, I think it's also a, a really good point that Ricard brings up later on when he speaks up, which is like, this is like your first five minutes in the game. Oh my God. Is, I couldn't believe is, it. Everyone is trying their best to stay under the radar, fit in, seem easy going. Maybe for whatever reason, even if you do think that it's not appropriate, maybe you choose you know, the gameplay over speaking your mind in that moment. Now I get obviously what they were going for with this. And clearly it's something they had decided internally that they were going to change beforehand, right? Like that probably makes sense. And they thought and assumed someone might speak up on behalf of the idea of changing it. I don't know if maybe in early interviews they had broached the subject and thought that, okay, that means that X, Y, or Z, this person, that person is going to be the person to raise their hand and they change their minds. But it's a little risky because, as you said, it's like these people are about to probably, and then they did have to, jump off a boat like looking for, you know, husks or what are paddles or fruit or whatever, the, you know, all that stuff that happens at the beginning of the game. And as you said, putting a target on your back, speaking up, you know, nobody likes to be that person in the first episode to like volunteer themselves or like call themselves the best or whatever. This isn't a version of that, but it's putting. I mean, I honestly, that is, to me, that is the story of this episode is people standing out, people speaking up, that right. is, you know, people making moves, anyone kind of separating themselves in some way as a, um, you know, as a, as a big target that that's the, that's the theme of this episode. The one tweak I would have made, cause again, I don't disagree with changing the phrasing. If you have even gotten one complaint about it, or if, even if you just, if you've even gotten a couple people have mentioned it, but you decided, Hey, what we want a moment, a change in this pilot here to be emblematic of showing you how we're putting our best foot forward here. Right. And you can't really, you can't really do some weird handholdy thing where you're like, look around, look, isn't this the most diverse cast? Like you can't do something like that, even though obviously that's another great change that they made. Right. So clearly he worked this into the script. This is going to be a moment. My issue is instead of then pivoting and saying, okay, then we'll keep it. I would have just had Jeff say, you know what? I still want to change it or don't even bring it to them for a vote. Just tell them you're changing it. Because to me, as someone who loves when he says that, I don't care what he's saying. I just care that he says it the same way every time. So if he changes it to come on in or everybody come on in or come on in survivors, whatever, chances are he says it the exact same way every time. That's what, if he starts saying it differently every time, that's when I might consider tuning out on survivor. But as long as he keeps it consistent, that's what I'm enamored with. Not the phrasing, not the guy's word. Um, and then of course it comes back again around. But I don't think Jeff can do that. I think he decided, I think he decided to do it in this way. And then if the people he's asking say, no, it's fine. Then him saying, I'm going to change it anyways, is him not listening to other people, which is the whole reason that he's doing it. I, I just think the same way with the, the diversity, they, they've had these, you know, panels of people approach them with, with these ideas. I think if it's something that they've been approached about and if it makes anyone feel more comfortable and, and safer and more included, then who cares? Then do it. Yeah. But, well, here's what I'll say. I think felt like they had to do something about it because you're right. It is this iconic line and people would be wondering what happened to it. So instead of just, 
explaining why he poses it as a question and and that's the mistake i think i i think that that was i that i would imagine knowing he can't not explain it he can't just change it it's so iconic i think he, to- i think he can explain it without having that hinge on no i agree but he, there has to be some uh, a reference to it yeah to, yeah, without- yeah. And I think there's a way to I think there's a way to have just performatively said. And by the way, just because I want to get her get her, drop her name because she asked this question, we kind of went into it without asking it. Uh, Kahuta enthusiast said, "How do you feel about Jeff making the decision to eliminate the phrase coming in, guys? Was it time for a change, or, or were you sad to see it go?" Um, if they're saying it was time for a change, it's not something I'd ever considered. But I'm not the person to ever notice that thing because I am a guy. So the fact that I fall into the group that has become the commonplace term to mean either a group of literal men or a group of everybody it, like of course i would never notice it so it's not my place it's to not, say personally it's not one of the ones that bothers me i use the term guys all the time i i frequently um refer to any group of people as guys but with that being said this is how change starts and it, when i think about the bigger picture of how in our language the default is always the male I agree that we have to start somewhere with with the change so I'm fine for this to happen and uh you know for any little bit to slowly start moving it you know moving the arrow in the other direction great it's not something that personally bothered me but when I truly think about it and I think about how you know why is it that you know it's everything is whatever man um, instead of person or a woman or, um, you know, I, it, it, it is something that is so ingrained in our, in our language, in our society that, um, that it's even commonplace for me to use. Um, so whatever, cool, great, let's do it. Yeah. I just think, I just think you're putting in, you're putting these people on the spot who are trying to get along and fit in with people, probably not someone's not coming into this and thinking, you know, uh, this is my moment to make a stand within five seconds of the game beginning. Yeah. What I'll say is, and, uh, you know, I think this is why, as you mentioned, this is one that you use all the time and you don't even think about it is that, you know, but way, way, way back in the day, you know, when, when guys started to get used to refer to a group of not just guys, it, you mentioned, yeah, it's because often the guy role becomes the default. Actor is the default, right? Like there's, mm-hmm. you know, actor means both male and women. But if you said actress, you know you're not talking about Denzel Washington, right? So I think that with with guys, the reason this one, I think most people, it might sneak up on them is that unlike other terms for guys or men, guys I think is almost used more often or at least as much to be non-gender specific. Whereas dudes is almost always like you wouldn't call a group of guys and girls standing around dudes unless you were trying to be ironic, right? You wouldn't say gals, you know, or girls unless you were trying to be ironic or funny or whatever. Whereas guys, I think everybody uses almost more often when referring to a group. You don't, if you told me, you know, Hey guys, I wouldn't even, without looking, I could not tell myself she must be talking to exactly six men, right? Like it's as common a part of nomenclature as anything. It is, I would call it even dual purpose and dual meaning. But that being said, 
it became dual purpose and dual meaning, you know, based on the fact that it was at one point gender specific. So it sucks that, you know, it seems like a hundred percent of the time that's the one it's very infrequently. The female one becomes the, you know, becomes the one that everyone gets called the default. Yeah. So I'm not, I mean, am I sad? I'm not, like I said, if he's using the same cadence, I don't care if he's saying, you know, bon appetit every time, you know, as long as he's saying it the same exact way, I'm happy. Um, what, here's my question for you. Do you think that Ricard on his own decided this or do you think, here's my theory. You want to hear my theory? I don't, I don't know, to be honest, if I want to hear your theory right now. Well, it's not that it's a pretty lighthearted theory. My theory is just that I would I would guess that in his interview, this yeah. subject came up and I they encu- and they encouraged him. Hey, no, if you if, if you if you feel like you should have said something and you regret it, go ahead and say something before the the you know what I mean? I, I'm, I'm curious whether it was 100 percent his idea that he silently went, showed up and decided to bring that up. Or was it something that they not facilitated, you know, kind of just like let him know, hey, no, this is cool. That's not an open and shut case. You know, he won't be mad if you revisit this. In fact, he would love it. You know, that kind of thing. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, 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 and that's, I'm not, that's not a conspiracy theory. That's just, I mean, they're doing long daily interviews with people. They're debriefing them. They're talking about all the stuff that we've seen because we end up seeing these interviews play during the fact, right? So the interviews that you saw during that moment were them talking about it after. So my point is that when they asked probably every cast member, so when Jeff brought up the thing, what would you think about it? It's possible Ricard said, you know what? I kind of regret not saying anything. And they said, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, in the moment I didn't feel. And that the producer at the time probably goes, yeah, you know what? That is kind of shitty that we asked them in that moment when people were probably prone to being silent. Like, if you had another chance, would you say it again? Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay, then you know what? Why don't you, next time you see Jeff, bring it up again. I'm sure he would like that. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, my, it's possible. That's my that's my theory. Okay, what I want to do, and I think this will work as a nice name refresher here, Lens. No, I don't know if you're familiar. We have a survivor contest at Patreon.com/slash/ChallengeMania. Everybody drafts one person, and so I'm just going to go through the draft. I'm going to let you know the order in which people were drafted and who got who. Okay. And I don't know if you know this. We did this for Big Brother too. Um, but one of the prizes is the person gets to come on our podcast. So um, the winner of this season, among other prizes, they get tickets and all this good stuff and swag. Gets to come on whose podcast? Scott and Lindsay Survivor Podcast. When next year? Uh, probably at the end of the season, we'll do like a season wrap up podcast with them. So, so, you know, something like that. Yeah. Okay. Or, or if they choose and they'd rather be on like the first episode of the next season, they can do that. Okay. Yeah. We um, did this for, we did this for big brother. This was also a prize for big brother. So whoever drafted probably Xavier, uh, is oh, going to be coming they'll, on the podcast. They'll probably be on our next and only episode. Yeah. Well, of- no, no, no. It'll, it'll give us an excuse to do one more at least after I think. But what I'll say is. Um, it'll be good finally to have someone who has seen big brother on the podcast. Um, no, I'm kidding. Um, okay. Here's how it went. Uh, Amanda took Heather first overall. Then Paul took Deshaun. David took Brad. Kyla took Ricard. Armando took uh, Hyrus. Is it Hyrus? Jairus? Hyrus? Um, Mary Francis at six. Unfortunately. Who are you talking about? J A. Oh, JD. Oh, is that JD? Yeah. JD. Sorry. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. 
Get in, loser. Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. So JD, so Armando took JD fifth. Mary Francis with the sixth pick took Sarah. She's already out. So uh, she has won one of these before. So, but uh, that sucks. Sixth pick already gone. Justin at seven took Liana. Cindy took Nasir at eight. Um, Amanda at nine took Danny M. Eric took David V, who I believe is going as Voce. Uh, 11, Justin took Evie. 12, another Mary took uh, Chantel. 13, Jacqueline took Erica. Joshua Wach eh, at number 14, unfortunately, took Eric Abraham, also out. 15, Nigel took Sydney. 16, Stephen took Tiffany. Almost went out this episode. Valerie at 17 took Jeannie. And wow, the 18- I'm surprised she went so low. What about the 18th pick, Xander? I mean, what a steal there for Amy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You were reading these names, and I'm literally, like, frantically looking at a graph of everyone. Can I tell you what probably made it harder is that I was reading the person picking's name, too. So you just heard, like, a lot of names. But also, I I do feel like this was one of those – sometimes I think they do a really good job on the first episode – I do think I I just didn't get enough of a lot of people. Well, you know what happens with the three tribers is that like the one tribe that doesn't go to tribal doesn't get a lot of action, right? Um, and then yeah, I really, I really, we were talking about this. I really wish they didn't do these small tribes. Yeah, I'm not a fan. I why not? You have a smaller cast. You have less days. Hopefully, we're going to have fewer tribe swaps because we have less days, right? Just start off with the two tribes. Why not? Right? When there's less days and hopefully less swaps, just start off with two tribes. I'm with you. I don't like small tribes either, especially when – I mean, I I will say, and I know we're getting somewhat of an accelerated season. I don't know if we're going to get these two tribals a week thing for a while, but I, I wouldn't hate that. I just hate when there's three tribes and one tribe just gets decimated over and over again and you get down to like two people. Yeah, I just think here's here's my thought on the the three tribes is that I think when you have three tribes, you have you have just fewer moves to make within 
the tribe itself. So if you become the immediate target, there's just, le- there's just, there's just nowhere to hide. There's nowhere, um, to get lucky and make a move and switch things around. Um, when a name's thrown out there, it's just, everyone's so scared because there's so few people, especially right away. Right. When, you know, like right away, everyone's just trying, like, just don't let me be the first person. I'm just trying to get my bearings. I don't know what's going on. I don't know who I can trust yet. You know, okay. You threw a name out there. That's the first name. I'm just going to go with that person. And so because of that, I just think you're starting off that way. You got to have, you know, you got to have more room to make moves here. Um, and it, it, it annoys me on a season like this where I just, what is the point of the smaller tribes? What can, can somebody tell me why? Like what, what is the, can anyone tell me what is the benefit of three versus two in a situation like this? Yeah, I don't know. Um, what, what would you say is like the, like the one, like, you know, the biggest benefit of it? Um, I would that say would like people better because like went on, on a week where they're, where they're scheming and trying, you know, going to tribal council. We remember the, that smaller group, but I, I don't know. I don't know what the reason is to do it. I, maybe they like that it could go, you know, three, maybe it could go three to two to one and it's like more changes, but yeah, I don't love it. Um, let's talk about some of the, the new changes to this season. Um, the to start off with the, the fact that we're, we're getting an inside look apparently. Are we getting that the whole time or is that like kind of just easy to do at the beginning or, or, or are we going to get like a big establishing shot where you see the crew right. before the dailies? Like, I mean, I yeah, can't imagine Jeff's going to be the, like the first, Yeah, I, if it's just the first episode back of the first season after this crazy worldwide pandemic, um, you know, shook everything. And we know that there's been all this behind the scenes, frantic struggling to get everything moving fine. Like first episode, fine. But I don't, I I don't need to see it the whole way through. Yeah. And it's, it's cool. And I love the kind of like acknowledgement of it and everything, but I don't need it. And, and here's what I, you know, what I will say, I don't need a lot of it, but something I'm always curious about. And I, I do genuinely think this is when they won't show it. So like, I've never truly been curious about like how many cameras are on the boat and like where the, where like the, uh, the, the, uh, crane is, you know, like what I'm curious always about is like when someone's looking for an idol, like how far away, Mm -hmm. like, like that kind of thing. And, uh, like, you know, can you see a camera following somebody from afar? Like, that's what I'm always curious about as far as proximity goes. And the question I always ask people is like, are you ever able to discern things based on crew behavior? And like, granted, you'd never right. be, you'd never say it on camera. They never use it. But like, have you ever realized that so-and-so found an idol because a camera f- was running after them or something, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Um, and they're never going to show that, but that's the stuff I'd be fascinated by. Um, here's a question. Steven says, I love the camera behind the scenes, uh, and look added, uh, and feel it added a new dimension to the show. What are your thoughts of this new look? I also love that they went 22 minutes without a commercial. Pretty sure it was 22 minutes. Thoughts on that. I didn't notice, but like, obviously that's like a good problem to have. Like I often notice if there's too many commercials, I, I almost never notice when there are no commercials. So great. Love that. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, Thanks for keeping track of that. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I think there were were a couple elements here of the behind the scenes stuff. There was there was the introduction with Jeff setting us up here. He puts the idol in the tree, which was cool to see it placed. 
I was really thinking about whether or not they let it stand exactly where he dropped it in that moment or if someone went back and did a little bit of finagling, made sure it was like truly hidden, kind of adjusted it a little bit, or if it was like exactly as Jeff placed it. Yeah, no, I I wouldn't be surprised if they maybe moved it a little bit, made sure it was further down, um, because he definitely like nonchalantly put it in. Um, and yeah. I'm pretty sure they would want to give it a little bit more of a look than that. Yeah. But then, but then there's this other element of going behind the scenes, which is very big brothery to me, almost like that moment where they, you know, they, they, uh, give them the keys on big brother. They get their keys to, to as, like, as if they didn't know they were going on big brother, but they showed us some flashbacks of people finding out they were going on survivor. They gave us some real world flashbacks of their home life of, you know, their families back home, who they are, what they do in the middle of, usually I got to do that research before the season starts to prep myself for the draft, but they really gave it to us throughout the episode, which was different. And I'm, going to be honest, I think we have different views on this here. I don't need it. It took me out. I What I love about Survivor is that we are just in this world and there are these people existing in this strange place all together, all things even. Um, I don't need to go back. Like, I don't want to see, I don't want to see the United States right now. Like, I just, I want to be transported to this island. I don't need to go back. Uh, yeah, I, I, I like the backstory stuff. I I think that it was again, it's a new, it's a new thing, right? Uh, it's a choice. It's something you it's a, it's something you see in very staged for. I will, this is what I'll say about it is that it reminded me that so Big Brother is like loaded with that stuff, mm-hmm. and it's like super staged. It's like we have to watch these fake skits where, like, this person has a TV camera in their house and they're still surprised to find a Big Brother key in a, bo- in a thing of cookies. Like, come on. Like, that's just lame. This was, like, more authentic than that, more organic than that, but also kind of, you know, you're not used to that on Survivor. It was a little bit more presentational. And, yeah. And so – but I didn't hate it. I kind of liked – I thought that it was oh. – you know what it was? Is it for for an episode as you said that didn't spend a lot of time with a lot of people? I think it went a long way with like kind of establishing people without having to establish them within the game and within other people. I'd prefer to see it the other way because like you get to see like you know them interact with other cast members and where their place in the game is starting to develop. But you know the couple minutes that you get of their backstory and their you know who they're playing for and this and that. It was a, it was a way to spread it around even if those people weren't heavily involved in the story of the show. Nope, not need it. To me, it's <laughs> it's not what the game of Survivor is about. I want to see these people in their new element, um, and I want to hear them talk about how they've changed. I don't need to. I don't need to see them wearing regular clothes. You know, um, talking to their families. I, I want to. I want them to be here and now. Uh, John wants to know: Do you think there's an underlying reason for the season being accelerated this time around, and with so many twists? So, okay, so instead of 39 days, it's 29 days, right? 
Um, we saw two people go home week one. We don't know if that's going to go on and on. And clearly it looks like they have like a lot more twists, a lot more opportunities to save themselves and this and that. Um, why do you think, do you think there's like a logistical component to this that like maybe because the quarantine added time to their overall stays and durations that you almost shoot 29 days, but it's still a 40 day endeavor kind of thing. Yeah, I think there's all those scheduling things to think about. Like, obviously there's like you know, monsoon season that you're trying to avoid and you're trying to get in, you know, several seasons filmed at once while you're able to get the crew over there and be there. You want to get in, you know, make sure you get in those two seasons filmed back to back. Um, I think, you know, maybe, maybe there's an element of because of all of this, people are, you know, worried about their families, want to get back to their families sooner Um, and then I think it's just, you know, the fact that it's been off the air, they're anxious to get it back on the air as soon as they possibly could, um, and, and make these adjustments. Uh, I think there are a little bit too many twists going on for such a short season going on too quickly. What about you? Um, I want to see how these twists sort of play out first. Uh, to me, like the die is like, I mean, one in six is just such a small chance. I kind of like that wrinkle, you know, kind of just throws like a monkey wrench in there, like a last ditch thing. Like, why not? Ultimately, how many times do you think we end up seeing that? Used or it happens? Used. Oh, I think a lot. Attempted. I think a lot of people use it. I think maybe three or four times. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You think people use it at the right times? Well, the right times is different, right? So it would just... You're, now, that's different. So the whole, like, in in with when it comes to the idol, right... Um, the idol, the excitement is, you know, sometimes you play it, you didn't need to play it, you waste the idol. The excitement with an idol is when you play it, when you need it, and it ends up throwing a real monkey wrench in the plans of the voters because they put all their eggs in one basket. That Does everyone saved... know that you use it? 
No, I think it's in secret. But also, even if it doesn't work, I mean, I mean, even if it's not needed, to me, the rush is in the roll of the dice, right? Like, even if the person ends up not needing it, like, I'll just be excited to see somebody hit a one in six chance of saving themselves. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely encourages trying to blindside people as much as possible. Not that you people aren't already trying to do that because of idols, but it's it's an extra you know, an extra incentive to make sure you're truly blindsiding people here and nobody suspects that they're going out. I think though, for me, I, I get it. I agree. Maybe it'll be cool. I want to see it play out, but for me, the one in six chance thing, it's, uh, you know, anything like that, that like gets left up to luck. I think there's just not enough strategy to it. I think it's so much luck, um, that, uh, you know, I, 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 and for me, anything where it's it's more luck than strategy, I don't need. I hear you. I want to get to another question from Mandy. Uh, Mandy says something we already talked about, loving the behind-the-scenes look, and Jeff directly talking to the audience. Felt like it was a more well-rounded experience. Now, this is the part I wanted to read. She says, JD is a bit much, but hopefully his enthusiasm doesn't bite him in the butt. Also, what are your thoughts on Xander telling his tribe he got the extra vote advantage? I thought it was smart to tell the truth, but try to say it was used uh, for it was for them all to use. Don't like the Vochi guy; he seems too intense. So three assessments. What does that even there. mean? Yeah, when Xander was, we'll talk. Let's talk about this whole other kind of side uh, uh, twist here with the one person from each tribe going up to the top of this mountain um, and having a decision to make here, but. As far as Xander telling everyone, I, I just thought that was so weird the way he kept saying we for us to use. I kept saying, "Who who's a, when are you ever when are you ever like voting or going home as a tribe?" Like, I get it when you make the merge, like yeah, you know, you want to have the numbers and all of that, and so I guess that's what he meant. But there was something about the way he kept phrasing it that he kept saying like for us to use. Like, it's like okay, there's a lot of game to be played before it's possible that it's like for us to be used. If you're still in the game, like if you're all on the same side, uh, if the number, you know, like it it was just, to me, it was like a little, I would have been, I would have cringed at the, for us to use. Yeah. You know, I thought it was an interesting way to spin it because it almost like he was so confident with it that it's like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, like it's, it's, he's both not running from it. He's not lying, but he's also kind of implying that, Hey, look, like, you know, I have this, you know, so it's an advantage that I have, but you also know I have it. So it's not something I'm trying to hide from you. And when we do merge, like, hey, if we're working together, which hopefully we are because we start as a tribe, you know that you, someone you're potentially working with has this. So, so let, let's talk about this twist. So one person from each tribe goes, they climb up this difficult mountain, which like part of you is like, is this is this part of it? Is this like a challenge to see like who can do this thing? Is this all right? You know, are we in a competition here? Um, Cause it's such a, you know, talk about how, like what a rigorous trek it is to climb up there, especially for the person who had already rolled all the buckets from the water back and forth. This did, did not seem like an easy hike to do right after that, but they get to the part where, they, they they tell them to get to know each other on the way up, and then they get to this part where they have to part ways, and they're each given a choice here, whether or not, you know, this is a, a thing that we see a lot in reality TV, you know, do, if, do, you, do you share it, right, or, you know, 
or do you risk do you risk gaining something for or um, losing something um, depending on what other people choose? Um, and for two people, they chose to try to go for the extra vote, and they were lucky because someone let them have that. Yeah, if the third guy would have gone for it, they would have all been screwed. And luckily he didn't, and that allowed both Xander and JD to get this extra vote here. But here's my thing, like, would they have been screwed? Like, did any of these things come down to, like, one vote? You know uh, what I mean? I mean, I think JD was in a precarious position at Yeah, tribal. but he was in a precarious position, but if he didn't tell anyone that he lost his vote, and it, it wasn't right. like it was a three-to-two vote, right? Right. That's true. It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't, yeah for like, sure. You know, it didn't really matter for, I think at the, you know, at the beginning here, it's usually, you know, it's often a unanimous thing. Like the one vote's probably not going to make that big of a difference at yeah. this point. And then, or you have the opportunity to get a vote for any other, t- right? For like up until, um, when is it? Up until six, up until six. So yeah. it's like, you're losing this one vote at this tribal council um, that like your like the the likelihood is that your one vote's probably not going to save yourself if you're in on the chopping block, right? Yeah. If you're on the chopping block, you're you're being able to vote for one person is probably not going to save yourself in this first go around, or you get an extra vote to be used at any point where there you can wait and see when the numbers are going to be close and that extra vote will really matter. I think it's worth taking that risk. Let's talk about some favorites and standouts and maybe make some uh, early winner picks. I want to I talk more about this. Okay, go ahead. So, so what would you have done? I probably would have went for it. Yeah. So here's the thing. I would, right? have, assume, now, I would have assumed one, at least one person wouldn't here. have gone for it. Yeah. Here's the decision, right? They, make, they, have, two, they have two decisions here. One is the decision of whether or not they're going to go for it or not. And what do you and say? And the second decision is what you say about it when you get back to camp. So what was so interesting here is that everybody told the truth, which I think when you have three people who know the truth and you figure other people are going to start to know the truth, right? I don't know if there's going to be different um, games every every week, but, you know, people are going to suspect something. I think telling the truth here is, is probably your best bet. You tell the truth, but you, you know, I think the smart move here is to tell the story exactly to a T that it went and just lie about whether or not you got it or didn't get it. That's what you got to be, you know, you got to tell the truth everywhere else here because you're going to seem more believable. You're going to seem like you are trustworthy because you're sharing all of these details. You, it's possible that it gets back to people anyways, but where you, where you change it up is right at the end about whether yeah. or not you, you went for it or not. Right. Yeah. What, what was so crazy to me is how JD was telling the truth. His story was actually correct, but he somehow managed to make it sound like he was making up this crazy story. He, the way he told this story, I don't know if he was just so nervous because he was planning to lie at the end, but he, he sounded so unbelievable even when he was telling the truth about what happened. Yeah. He comes off as uh, obviously really likable. He's got a great story. He's very charismatic. I don't know how deceptive he is or is capable of being yet. Um, so that might be his Achilles heel. And cause like in this moment, like including the little tidbits it's about a, you know, to, to be, to not only not be a good liar, but to not be a great 
truth teller either. Yeah, yeah, just like including the weird tidbits about like telling the story while you're walking up the hill. Like it just sounded like you were lying even if you weren't. So, uh, but they also, I'll admit, a lot of a lot of it is colored by scoring. You know, you get the like the curb your enthusiasm music while he's doing it, and you don't really know like is this guy really shitting the bed? How much are they really? I mean, you know, Anza ends up not being his demise. They did. It did they play that for more of a worrisome moment for us as fans of JD because it was such a live tribal that it left him open as a candidate when in reality he really wasn't one and that they were just kind of able to 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 rejig that and make it seem like that might have cost him you know um mm-hmm. you know what i mean cuz in essence he's really not lying too much why does it need to be that weird? You cut co- to a couple odd facial reactions. You let him linger on a couple of, you know, unnecessary story yeah, and moments. And then you have the interviews afterwards saying, like, yeah. I didn't believe a word he said. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so. And then I, I also want to talk about the other twists in the game, the, dif- the things that are different this yeah, season. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So I want to talk about the, where, the fact that they don't get anything. Right, they don't get the rice, they don't get the flint. They have to work for it each time. Mm-hmm. And in this episode, they're given this option. Right, they can either do a puzzle, a triangle puzzle, but the catch here is that they only get one guess to get it, or they can have two people carry these buckets of water back and forth until they fill it up, uh, fill up their cans all the way. Um, they get four hours to do each one. So what do you think? Everyone, every single team chose the, the or the two teams chose the buckets of water. Yeah, I'll what be do honest. You think they made the right yeah, I thought it was fine. I think, you know, you got a bunch of strong people and they feel like that's the easier, more straightforward thing to do rather than the pyramid puzzle or whatever it was. I'm well, fine with that. Thing. Yeah. I'm fine with that. I think these little quirky twists are fine. I think, to be honest with you, they kind of make up for the, you know, expedited season. Because the 39 days, the losing the weight, the oh my God, how long this is. If you're taking off the back 10 days and it's actually, you know, what what can you turn that positive or negative into a positive? Okay, so we're getting less time spent. We're getting less of a physically draining thing. Okay, now is it possible to play with some of the rations and what they're getting and make those more reward-based? Is it irresponsible to do that on a longer season? Probably, and now he opens up that door. They might have been th- thinking of doing this for years, and doctors were telling them, nope, you got to give them rice. If you're keeping them there for 40 days, you got to give them rice. Now that it's only 29, you can do this, especially at the front end of the game. So I kind of like that. The weird twist, the added little games and stuff like that, it might make us feel like we saw, you know, 39 days worth of competitions in 29 days because they're doing little mini games to get to the next game. It might get old fast. Some of them might be unnecessary, but I kind of liked it. I think it gave them purpose. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I I think I would have been tempted to do the the triangle puzzle, but the only having one uh, guess is really scary. Um, but something like that, it's like deceivingly, you know, it's, it's, you think it's easy enough, but it's, it's pretty difficult to do. I don't know if anyone else stopped and like tried to do it themselves, but you get, you get super flustered. You count, but I mean, if, I guess if you have every single, you know, you have six people on a tribe all doing it and all getting the same number enough times you can do in four hours, you're probably okay. But, um, it's, it's not easy. And the other one's a sure thing. The issue here is that, as David, as v- 
Voce pointed out, it's um, what it does is for the two people that just volunteer or are chosen to do this, it puts a target on their back in that they are away from the tribe at the most critical moment. And we saw this last season, right? Like at the very beginning when Denise and Adam went to go follow the map and find, what was it? Find water or um, whatever it was at the very beginning when they first got to the beach and you separate yourself from the rest of the group, you're opening yourself up to just be an easy target um, to be isolated out. So Voce was trying to do everything in his power not to get chosen to be that person <laughs> to do it. But I, I don't know, for whatever reason, he kept getting pointed out as like, clearly he's going to be the one to do it. Um, and I don't know what he could have said here. Like perhaps he could have said, like, I was thinking about this, like maybe there was some st strategic way to get out of this and say like, Oh, actually guys, like I help build shelters for habitat for humanity. And I think I'd be a really big asset to start getting the shelter going or something. I mean, then it's embarrassing when you don't know what you're doing with the shelter. But I felt like there was something he could have done um, as far as like, uh, I know you don't want to like say that you're injured because then you, you, you paint a different kind of target on your back um, for not being an asset. But maybe there was just like something he could have seemed like more valuable for, or maybe he could have, you know, pointed at someone and been like, hey, like I appreciate you saying I'm strong. Like, you look really strong, too, my man, you know, um, or whatever it is um, to get out of that because he's right. And, like, we did see that a little bit, right, with, with two people who um, were singled out as possibly looking for idols um, while they were doing this. It gives the other, they say they're not going to talk about them, but it, it does give the other tribe mates a chance to talk about those people. Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer a hand clapper a high fiver I kind of like the high five but if you want to hone in on those winning moves check out Chumba Casino at ChumbaCasino.com choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes there are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses so don't wait start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com no purchase necessary VTW void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky? in line at the deli I guess aha in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I, again, I think like even, you know, breaking that stuff down, like it makes up for the fact 
that because you know these little moments yes did they take away from us getting to know some of the members of some of the other tribes sure but you know it and it put a lot of like decisions into this episode decisions competition things like that so um i'm I'm down with it you know as much as you know they've tried big swings and misses recently with extinction island and fire tokens and things like that none of these feel like big swings and misses yet which i think is good so you know by the end of it i might be sick of it but for now i'm fine with it um okay Okay, let's hear some of the people you really liked, whether it's personality-wise, whether it's you know people you think are long for this game, who stood out to you, and give me a winner pick right now on the spot. I loved Chantel. Uh, I loved the. I loved her. Um, her whole thing about having like background music that she played every time she was being sneaky <laughs> in conversations with people, and this like she's like making herself into into a into a character almost you know like she knows she's playing this like uh she's she's a character in a movie she's a character in a tv show um and just the way that she clearly you know to the point where she and sarah were so close i really thought there's no way she's voting for sarah but what we also saw she has all these other relationships so clearly she's making so many relationships that she's able to for I don't know if this is the right strategic move, but she's able to get rid of someone that seemed like a a big ally of hers um, because she has seemingly so many other allies. So I think she's in a really good spot there. Um, I think Tiffany here not being the first person voted out when she had such a target on her back clearly has um, come across to many people as someone that they really enjoy, someone they want to work with. Um, I think she's one of those people that um, people will will now keep around because um, they, you know, they they feel some sort of a loyalty with her. Um, they trust her. Uh, so even though, like, they don't necessarily think for whatever reason she's the strongest person, I think I think she's going to go far into it now. Um, I think Nasir is on the chopping block here. Um, the way that he immediately tried to paint a target on not one, but two other people. So now he doesn't have, you know, one enemy. He has two enemies here. Um, who else did you really like? Um, I I thought this moment that Brad had where he is asked, you know, who he thinks should go. And he's asked by, there's like three people there and two of the people are Sarah and Chantel. And he says, you know, I think it should be Sarah or Chantel right in front of them. That um, was crazy. I know, almost, that was so like curvier enthusiasm. Like the, Brad at, to me yeah, is. At first, yeah. At first you think like, maybe it's like, maybe it's like, Oh, he made a mistake. He accidentally like said the people's names, forgot who he was with. Mm-hmm. It was just like in scheming mode, like forgot, but no, like he clearly meant to say their names with them there. The only thing I can think to like, try to give Brad credit here is maybe he's like, man, if I get people to think like, look, this guy is so honest that he'll tell you to your face. If he's thinking about voting you out, like, Clearly, this guy's not going to be able to lie and deceive me. I can keep this guy around because I'll know what's up. I'll know what where what he's doing. Or if he tells me something else, I can trust him. Like maybe there's some weird like super strategy here, but I really just think it's terrible gameplay. Um, yeah, I love him. He just like to me, I just love his overall energy. He just like he just like 
he reminds me of like a cartoon character, both in that moment and also just like, you know, physically, he's just like, you know, he's just got a look to him. He's very large. He kind of reminds me of Bob in a way. I know he's not like as old as Bob was, but he's got, you know, I just, I dig him. I like, he fits well into this cast. You don't see a lot of people like him. He looks like he's physically fit, but also maybe a little bit physically awkward at the same time. Um, I'm just a fan. I'm a fan of him. He's a big character. I am excited to see what he does. Um, and I'm glad that that he wasn't in trouble this week because I thought that might happen. Um, I mm-hmm. thought it might get flipped on him. Um, yeah, so I'm I, glad I, that he yeah. survived this. I didn't think that JD was ever in trouble. I thought it was actually Brad that it might happen to, especially since we saw that big kerfuffle earlier where he kind of called them out to their faces. I wonder if he was going to have a come to Jesus moment when they ended up voting him out. So I love him just kind of selfishly. Um, not a winner pick by any means, but I just like, I think I'm going to like having him around. Um, my, my favorite sort of cast members as far as people I think that, I mean, look, you know, I'm not one of these edgic people. I'm not one of these people who can watch one episode and see who they're feeding us and who looks like they're getting a, gr- a great edit. Well, I and think this, you uh, are one of those people, but okay. But I, I don't think I have like the best track. I'm not like a hundred percent with it, not- you know? the the expert on it but i think you are and often i will and i think survivor is extremely good at you know misdirects and that's what that's what separates me from like the really the so so i'll give an example i will often become hip to the person that they're giving like for instance like a christian in his season who they're clearly featuring they're clearly giving us a lot of but he's going to be that guy who goes out at eight or whatever you know or like um I forget the woman from that season, Natalie, you know, go, you know, she's that, fr- you know, that pre-merge boot, like great character who gets a lot of time, but you know, and so Natalia, was it, no. no, who's the woman who wanted the coat or didn't give the coat to, to Angelina. Angela, yeah, but the girl that she wanted the coat from, who, oh, Natalie, yeah, 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 no. yeah, Natalie. yeah, 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 yeah. there you go, see, Psh. um, I know my survivor. Um, So I will say it's hard to watch this and not think that JD is getting like a Malcolm like edit, you know, in the like cool young dude loved survivor, you know, you know, setting us up. is getting a Malcolm like edit. That's the craziest thing I've ever heard you say. Well, I do. I, I, cause I, th- and I think that, I think that today, this episode that we got, um, that <laughs> moment of him kind of, you know, fumbling the excuse of the thing Malcolm is- was like, was like the suavest, like hero, perfect, like, okay. So follow like, me, all, hear me like, out, hear me out, hear me boy. out, hear me out. They're making into like they're like you said like telling that story like they're making no him look cool. no 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 so okay so let me let me backtrack and explain what i meant by that right so i think that was setting us up for a suspenseful is jd in trouble here and that's the best they're gonna get and that's the best that they got i think what they like to do is for people who make it very far give you a little bit of a and look how close they were to going home week one Right. Nick on his season, he ends up winning David versus Goliath. I think very early week one, he was like in the running for being one of two people going home. I think that JD is getting the, I grew up watching survivor. I, I, I was a nerd growing up, but I, I, uh, you know, idolized people like Ozzy and Malcolm and, and, you know, people who were, you know, out there on surfboards and knocking coconuts off of trees and this and that he's got this really cool personality. He's got the track background. I think it'll be good in challenges. 
And I think he's getting what will end up being an edit that looks a lot more like a Malcolm or an Ozzy or whatever, but that this episode, because he did get a little full of himself and kind of stumble on his story and a couple people thought it was weird that he came back and wasn't necessarily telling the truth, that that is what they gave us in this episode to make a, to throw us off his scent a little bit because okay. every, you know, that's what I think. So I okay, don't now go from a non edgic standpoint of just, if you're not analyzing that, but who gameplay and what position they're in, in their tribe, who do you, who, who's your winner pick? Um, so, I mean, I'll just throw a couple people out there that I think this episode gave me they're showing this person a lot. Um, now, okay, again, you're saying you're doing edgic. I'm saying not edgic. Okay, not edgic. I don't want you to say based on the edit. I want edit. I want you okay. to say based on the position that they're in in their tribe yeah, and so, in the game. So again, two guys with advantages, you know, and they're in different tribes, but you know they'll come together, and I think they'll vibe together once they do. Are Xander and JD right? So I like both of them. Edgic aside, because to be as you said, edgic from this episode might tell you that JD is, you know, not long for this game if he keeps stepping on his own toes, right? So those two, I do think, just game positionally for sure, okay? Um, I really liked um, the guy. Wh- wh- what's the name of the guy who went out with them on the uh, the mountain hike, the football player? Danny. Danny. I like Danny. Now, here's what I'll say. This isn't an edgic thing. This is just a history of athletes on the show thing. When people find out that you were a professional athlete, those people tend to, you know, they at, at some point end up getting taken out around merge slightly after. Mm-hmm. It happens. Whether it's because of the money that people perceive you as having or also just d- knowing that at that point you're also an athletic threat. So... But removing that, though, I really like him. Uh, to to mm-hmm. to point out some ladies. What do you although, think about the point where the part though where he um, was called out for looking for an idol? Um, yeah, I mean that was. I feel like honestly, I feel like it's going to backfire more in Nasir than it is on them. Maybe, and I will say, I did not get great Nasir vibes. Um, I think uh, Nasir. I don't think I, I, I could see him as being maybe a pre-merge boot. Here's what I'll say, and I'm kind of throwing myself under the bus here. I'm looking at this list. I'm racking my brain for opinions. Most of my opinions are on the men. Now, I don't know why that is. I just, the, the moments I'm remembering are like, you know, uh, you know I'm, I remember a lot of Ricard, a lot of Nasir, a lot of Voce, a lot of oh, the I two thought, guys. I thought, to me, I thought Chantel had a great episode. Sure. And I thought. I'm I'm racking my brain for strong opinions on the women. I I feel like Chantel, Evie, see now Jeannie, remind me who Jeannie is. Jeannie is the um the grocery store clerk. She has a nose ring. Uh-huh. Okay, cool. So Jeannie, yes. Uh great character. Does not I mean, you know, uh, if I compare her to a recent cast member, it would maybe be Jan, right? Janet, was it Janet? Mm-hmm. Who is the okay? Um, who I really loved. She was probably my favorite cast member on that season. Not a very beloved season at this point, but uh, but I don't see. So I, I think that's the narrative for maybe her going far in this game. But I don't. See, know. I think to me, I think like Tiffany's that person for me. I think like I think I think Tiffany's gonna seem like that person that everyone sort of like wants to uh, like reminds him of home. Wants to like uh, what's the word like. You know, look at her as like a nurturing kind of uh, character to them. 
um, just someone they can really trust. So to me, I don't know if I, 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 I could see, I could see Chantel pulling it off here. I'm going to go, although she might've been doing a little bit too much, uh, getting in people's, you know, um, alliances here, like maybe too much, too much, um, strategizing mm-hmm. it's possible, you know, like putting herself in that position. Um, I don't know who are you going pick a winner pick. So, so now when I pick my winner pick, does it have to be edgic aside? Um, can I, can I say, yeah, edgic aside. but, I, but, but then I don't want to be held to it. I want to be able to use that to make my winner pick. Okay, Scott, make your winner pick however you'd like to make your winner pick. Um, but also, like, I don't love that you're just like, oh, I don't like remember the women. No, I didn't say I don't remember the women. I'm so, I first of all, I'm mad at my. This will probably probably lead to me getting this pick wrong. And if I if I could choose, I I'm would just have. Like, I'm just refusing to pick a man again as a winner because. Like it's ridiculous, and I pick a woman every year because there they say are it's some women I have strong opinions don't. on. You know, Evie, right? Chantel, as you said, I don't know that I'd pick either of them as my winner, but they stood out to me. I'm just saying that only a handful of the, and Tiffany again. Tiffany stands out to me just not as a potential winner. You know, so right. That's what's wrong here with the past few seasons. But but, but it's possible that that's because they're slow playing the eventual winner here. You know what I mean? So that's possible. Or Stop the- talking about the the edit. We're we're not a podcast that talks about the edit. We're a podcast that talks about the strategy here. Okay. So what what if our podcast is called Edit Aside? With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Okay, keep going. All right. My winner pick is going to be uh, Voce. Really? You know who I get? You know who um, Voce reminds me of? Do you remember Bradley from. Yes, he does uh, remind me of Bradley. Yeah, 100%. There's something like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There. In, no, in, in, no, the word you're using is in, just, that you want to use is insufferable. There's something insufferable about both of them. I don't know. I, I just feel like. I try to be nicer than that. He to me. Now, okay. If I could now. Could you be nicer than that? Yeah, yeah. So something, there's something quite abrasive about both of them. Sure. Um, now, here's what I'll say. I like and think and get serious winter vibes right out the gate from Xander and JD. It just feels t- a little too easy for me, right? 
and what I feel like, and this might be because it happened Andrew's recently. Too too young to Z- win. Well, aren't they both? Isn't JD twenty as well? Yeah, I don't I don't get winter vibes from either of them. The vibes I get from them are the Malcolms and the Devons of the you know they get out at four kind of deals. Voce to me feels like he could have an arc. You know, he's a Mike. He's a David. You know, he's a Nick. He's a Bradley who doesn't get booted pre-merge. You know, so I don't know. I see it with him for some reason. Uh, I could be wrong. I could be as wrong. I could be wrong about him. And Nasir's the guy who who ends up getting thrust into that role. Um, yeah, so that's where I'm going with uh, week one. Let us know who your winner picks are, guys. I know the draft is not necessarily a, f- a reflection of that because you're just picking blindly. But now that the show's out there, comment. Uh, hit us up on Twitter, uh, at Lindsay the Otter, at Shot of Jaeger. Let us know who you like after one episode. But the great thing about having a podcast is you can reassess every week. I don't need to, like, yeah, die on the Voce yeah. sword. I, know? I need another week to assess this, unfortunately. I know that's not why you pay me, but... Oh, you uh, know what subconsciously might be sending me down the Voce? Uh, which, was Voce ever the name of a tribe, by the way? Because I always, now whenever I say Voce, I think of the Voce tribe. But you know what I think subconsciously is, like, building him up in my brain? And you said it, and, and I, I'm saying it over and over again by saying his name as Voce and not David, is the last namers on the show are often difference makers, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Devons. We didn't get a moment uh-huh. where he asked to be Voce, by the way. He just is. Yeah. So, um, all right. Well, anything else, Linz, before we uh, let everybody get out of here? And thank yeah, you, guys. Yeah, I, I don't really get that. Like, or like, do, don't they know, you know, they, they're in all the pre-show interview stuff in the press, like, their names are listed, like, Jairus, like, if you know they're going to be called JD, why not just like put that in there, right? Like, clearly, like they probably decided before they went on the show what they were going to ask people to call them. Why not just put that in all the press? Yeah, you know, it's really weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's really weird. It's like, you know, just prep us so we don't have to show up looking for a David and then, oh, you mean Voce, you know? So uh, I thought this was a great first podcast coming in late, but coming in hot. And uh, I'm excited to watch episode two with you. Yeah, I I feel like I just I I really I need to I need another episode. Luckily, there's one tomorrow night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get back at it. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Lindsay and Scott, the tribe has spoken. All right. We're going to we're going to come on out, guys. No, we're not going to we're going to. We're going to end this podcast. That'll be my... I'm going to say it the same way every time. All right, Lens? We're going to end this podcast. Bye, everybody. The Challenge Mania shop is open. Head over to challengemania.shop today for the best way to support the podcast while looking good doing it. New designs and items added every few weeks. Maniacs, time to mobilize. Check out challengemania.shop today.